0: My biggest regret and I will say this on air without shame is that I deleted bakery story because <laughs> <laughs> in 12th grade because I had the best bakery I worked I put so many hours and everyone smiled like maybe I'll try that again and I don't have the drive but wow I put in so much effort we're talking about oh i know what we're talking about (laughs) you made me watch a movie i did i did make you watch a scary movie for this one it was worth it didn't you like it yeah it was interesting yeah it's a good one do you want to learn about a killer crocodile named gustav why do you think
1: i'm sitting here live in front of a studio audience (laughs) I'm, (laughs) i'm just gonna say i'm gonna swear more today because I it, this topic calls for it. there, oh, there okay, are a couple okay. quotes that I need to say because I thought they were hilarious, but oh, okay. I have swears in them. No, that's good. We'll so, give some listen our so, listeners some warning. This it's PG thirteen this week. Ooh, Sorry, Dad. PG thirteen.
0: Wow. Okay, you're just gonna listen and laugh.
1: In front of a studio audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, welcome back to you know what I've been wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. How
1: are you doing? I'm doing good. So, a lot happened this week, good and bad. Um, the bad is literally just that I'm overwhelmed because I haven't packed yet and I'm gonna be gone for six, seven weeks. I, how, until like end of August, I'm gonna be gone. But also, I mentioned very early on in the show that I had a YouTube series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the <laughs> channel's called LunarBrust, check it out. But my friend Taylor and I did this Bachelor recap show called Bitch and Batch. And I don't bring it up often in front of people because it... Love you, Taylor. And um, I think we're, you're doing a great job, but neither of us had time to really put effort into it or make yeah. it like the quality that i had always wanted it to be. Right. Uh, but this week, our friend Sam Narciso... Hey, love girl. <laughs> um, Icon. Decided out of the blue that she wanted to be our producer and editor. Yeah. <laughs> so she came over Monday night, filmed it. She edited it way better than we've had before. It's so funny. Um, and also... Like, literally, our video last week, eight views. And I don't blame the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Taylor. But it wasn't our best work. We, were, we didn't have a great, like, quality camera we were filming with. Right. And we were filming it just, like, sitting it's in our not your, room. It's
0: not anybody's singular fault. It's, it's just, no one's There's fault. a lot going on. And it's hard to... It's, but
1: this like, one, it's so funny. And Sam edited it really well. And she tagged Nerdfile in the tweet. And he retweeted it. He's a p- former Bachelor. Um, like a contestant and the video and last, week, no, we no, eight, no. last week, we had eight views last week. Last I checked we had two hundred and twenty two views. Yeah. Nice two 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 number, but I'm happy for it to keep going. So our viewership actively like yeah more than twenty times yeah. double.
0: Like and now I feel I feel very overwhelmed because so Jane, well, she's in Maine. She's still going to be on the show, but I'm taking over as the co-host. And so now I'm like, okay, before it was like this thing I was going to do with Taylor and like it was low key. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, Nick Viall tweeted the link to this video in which I profess that I'm obsessed with Garrett, one of the contestants. (laughs) And so now I'm like, great. I'm like America's Garrett stand now. So I
1: feel like I have a character and like... You guys need to meet on Twitter, I feel like. Like this needs to happen. You need to tweet him. I need him...
0: DM him. I just want him
1: DM, to... DM, DM, DM. I'm not going to
0: DM <laughs> him. I would tag him in something saying that I think he's doing a great job. Okay.
1: Because he is. She says I don't think breaking he, into sobs.
0: I, like, I just want to know he's doing real well. I don't think he's going to win. Like I, I don't no. think... He, there, he's definitely not going to win. He's not going to gonna be top three or I don't even think top four. No, but I want he's a good boy. <laughs> I, he's a good boy and I want good
1: things for him in his future. Also, I was just really excited about our episode last week for this. Oh um, the whole The Black May Set. I need to I got a lot I of need, responses from that from our friends and I was really excited about it. Yeah, I need to um post more about it because it was truly so crazy. I haven't even looked someone texted me it was Taylor Um <laughs> that there's another one apparently and I don't even want to look into it because I know I've already put so much in the Yeah, this someone Black put Knight. it in our group chat. Like there is a
0: cigar shaped alien pro, but I'm not like, I uh-uh. refuse to even
1: begin to study it because I know it'll terrify me further.
0: Well, how are you, Sarah? <laughs> i'm good i'm like very overwhelmed there's it's just like i feel like a lot of things are ending and beginning at the same time so it's just still like i'm processing my emotions for Mm -hmm. things ending and also processing my emotions for starting new things Mm -hmm. i saw toy story 4 (gasps) yesterday don't tell me spoilers but tell me if you liked it i loved it okay i had heard from someone else that the reason i was the first i was like we did toy story 3 and it was perfect why do we continue love toy story 3. Mm -hmm. i was like why do we need another one? And apparently someone approached Disney and Pixar studios with this story. And they're like, this is a toy story narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think you should do it. And they were so compelled by it that they were like, no, we should absolutely do it. Um, and it was so good. I loved it. Um, I thought it was, it was very cathartic watching it. I think it's interesting because I do think toy story is a series that has progressed as we have aged because it has come out periodically throughout our childhoods. And I felt the same way about this one. I was like, this is the movie I needed to see right now where I am in my mm-hmm. life, just like Toy Story 3 came out at a moment when I needed it. I did love it. Okay. I think
1: it I think it
0: holds up. Anyway, let's get started. Let's get started. Tell me
1: so on a talking, completely different note. On a completely different note, do you want to hear about Gustav? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. The killer crocodile, 100%. Yes.
1: Uh, Gustav is also known as the bulletproof demon crocodile of Burundi. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I
0: want to be known as that. <laughs> I want
1: that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I ever get a boat? That's what I'm going to name my boat. I'm going to talk a little bit about Burundi as a country before Please. I get into Gustav. Please. So Burundi is a landlocked country um, mm-hmm. amid the African Great Lakes region where East and Central Africa converge. I had googled Burundi and I'm reading what you That is the first sentence on Wikipedia. Love it. Uh, I did not get all my information from Wikipedia. You're I fine. Promise. You're I fine. promise. Um, it was colonized by Germany in the early, in, in the early 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> in the early 20th century, Burundi was colonized by Germany. Uh, but after the German defeat in World War I, Burundi was uh, conceded to Belgium. Oh. Mm-hmm. And both Burundi and Rwanda, its neighboring country, uh, were ruled by Germany and then Belgium as one region known as Rwanda-Urundi. Mm. Um, which up until those countries were colonized, they were two separate countries. And they had never been ruled as one country before. Mm-hmm. And now they're no longer colonized. They are still very much two separate nations. But when they were colonized, they were like, no, that's just one area. Burundi gained independence in 1962 And it initially had a monarchy, but there were a series of coups and Mm -hmm. regional instability and a a lot of chaos that um, eventually led to the establishment of a republic and a one-party state in 1966. Okay. But since 1966, there have been multiple civil wars. Yeah. The Tutsis and the Hutus have been pretty much at odds with each other. Since then, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were before. Like, there are two groups that have a Mm -hmm. history that goes way far back, way before colonization. But when Belgium left Mm -hmm. in 1962, the power vacuum kind of reinstigated the civil wars that had been going on between them, and they were fighting for power. So a lot of bad things happened. Um, There were genocides in the 1970s, the 1990s. There have been multiple civil wars, bouts of ethnic cleansing. Uh, and the country was left undeveloped, and the population is one of the poorest in the world. Oh, jeez. So it's not a fun yeah place. The movie that's about this
0: crocodile is called *Primeval*, and we watched it. It's a huge plot oh, line yeah. in *Primeval* too that there are that it is a war-torn country yeah. and there's a lot of poverty and stuff like that. So I didn't know it was
1: that bad. Yeah, which is part of the reason why it's been so difficult to get. Information about Gustav and get scientists mm. in there to figure out how to stop him. Right. Um, <laughs> he picked the right place. Because it's so hard to get into that country and it's generally considered not a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Gustav tactic. He knew. He <laughs> chose it specifically. He did. So now let's get into Gustav. I found this one article about him on one website that just started with a picture of Gustav and then <laughs> the first sentence was Look at this seedy motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) This crocodile is hated and for very good reason. He has killed over 300 people. Wow. It's like, I feel like I'm going to want to make a lot of like funny crocodile jokes, but like it's a problem. I know. It's funny because like somehow this scares
0: me less than aliens that may or may not be there in space. Like this is a real crocodile that's really
1: terrorizing the country. Uh, he hunts along the Ruzizi River and the northern shores of Lake Tanganyika. Um, he was named by Patrice Fay, a herpetologist uh, who has been studying and investigating him since the late 90s. Why did she pick Gustave? Well, he, mm. Patrice is a boy, a uh, man. Mean. I don't remember the reason. I think it was just because it was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think she's, he thought it sounded intimidating.
0: <laughs> really? I think it does the
1: opposite of intimidating. Uh, Gustav. I can't find a reason for why she named him Gustav. Okay, and sometimes uh, there are no reasons. I think, I, I don't like know. Like that kid who said that turtle's name was Harry. Was it a turtle? <laughs> it was a turtle. I was drawing a turtle and I had at, at Wingspan, and then a little girl came up to me and went, What's his name? Harry? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we just pick names. We just pick names. Um, Wikipedia lists his birth as being in 1955 but mm. we have no official way of knowing when he was born okay Um, I wonder what made what made Wikipedia think that I, I don't know so that would make him 64 which is probably about accurate based off of like size and yeah. how long people have been disappearing yes okay. in 2004 it was estimated that he was under 60 years old and now it's 2019 so okay like, him being in his 60s does not shock me it's not too far off um, so Gustav is a Nile crocodile, uh, and Nile crocodiles are apex predators. Do not make a Mean Girls reference. Uh, <laughs> essentially meaning that it's so dangerous for other animals to prey on them, um, and they can prey on whatever animals they choose, because they would always win in a fight. <laughs> um, and then... That's what
0: that means, that they would always win?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, like, other apex predators are, like, lions? Yeah trying to think
0: of another one. Big cats. <laughs> love big
1: cats. To Like, for an example of how much of an apex predator Nile crocodiles are, guess what animal Gustav, like, Gustav, eats regularly? Like, what he feeds himself on.
0: Besides humans? Hippos. 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 Yeah,
1: yeah. And hippos are the, like, one of the most dangerous animals in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he just eats hippopotamuses like it's no big deal. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's nuts. Um, though. but <laughs> this one video I watched on... Uh, But I watched it so many times Factfile.com I think Um, They did this really hilarious video um, On Gustav And then they wrote an article With essentially the same information But in the article they wrote About Nile crocodiles being an apex predator It's the scientific and supremely Badass sounding title given to animals So comprehensively (laughs) Unfuckwithable That no animals dare prey on them Oh my gosh and while all Nile crocodiles are apex predators, Gustav is particularly formidable.
0: He's the apex of apex yeah, predators. Yeah, he's,
1: he's he's the, the top of the he's food the top chain. Top of the now. food chain. Literally probably every food chain. Um all regard this is just all Nile crocodiles, not just Gustav. They have the strongest bite in the animal kingdom, following only the second strongest, following only killer whales. And they strike at a speed of 70 miles per hour. You're joking. No. That's so fast. I know. I watched this one bit where this scientist, uh, Allison J. Leslie, um, was talking to a bunch of students and like talking to them about crocodiles. And she was like, it's like a bus coming at you or like a car coming at you. That's how fast it moves. Uh, Is Gustav? you might be getting to this, abnormally large?
0: Yes. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. Yes, <laughs> he <is.
1: laughs> He's a very abnormally large. He So now crocodiles have a lifespan of 70 to 100 years. So the okay. fact that he's as old as he is is not particularly shocking. Okay. The re, the reason why it's shocking that he's still alive is just because of how hard people have tried to kill him. Right. And it's just not gone well. And the reason why we guess he's about as old as he is mm-hmm. is when the same scientist, Le- um, Alison Leslie, uh, she, in the documentary which I'm going to talk about in a sec, that they made about him. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a moment where she's looking at him through binoculars. And before anyone's, this is the first time she's ever seen him. So without anyone telling her any information, she's like, he's probably a hundred years old because of his size. Because crocodiles grow as they age. They continue to grow. They continue to grow. Um, She was like, yeah, he's probably, he's got to be a hundred years old. And then he opened his mouth really wide and she went, "Um, a hundred year old crocodile wouldn't have any teeth, but Gustav still has all of his teeth. Which means he could not be 60 years old. And that was in 2004. And he's wow. probably still growing. What? And for... I feel like Sarah has an idea of his size. But for our lovely viewers... Um, he Only from is one movie. He yeah. is around 20 feet long. Oh my god. And probably weighs 2,000 pounds. <laughs> I <I'm> just threw up a little 20 feet long? Yeah that's
0: the length of our living
1: room or as the people on fact file said or to put it another way big enough that you could shoot him in the face and he wouldn't even give a fuck which is <laughs> <laughs> just probably try- true <laughs> we're all just um, trying to be gustav <laughs> <It's a thug. laughs> a thug wouldn't way. give a fuck um he snatches people from the edges of the Ruzizi river in burundi and leaves their corpses uneaten uh, yeah, this is a quote from... So he just Sackfarl. does it to assert dominance not to eat. Yeah, he doesn't do it to feed. That's the thing. Oh in uh, They said on factfile.com, which I, this is my last quote from them, but they just had such funny things to say that I wanted to put it in. They said, in regards to the latter, the fact that he doesn't eat corpses, um, this has proved to be the most enduring aspect of Gustav's and his habit of dragging people into the water just to watch them drown has led to assume that the homicidal crocodile kills for reasons other than needing to eat, like practicing how to hunt, or perhaps more likely, that he's an asshole. That's... Wow. <laughs> he's like the Ted Bundy he's of just... crocodiles. Yes. <laughs> like, One article I... I read called him, like, the world's most notorious serial killer. Or yes,
0: something. I have heard that
1: phrase used for him before.
0: Like, he's... <sighs> so that's how that we know beautiful. he's killed...
1: Uh, over 300 people because he leaves bodies behind. The beginning of the documentary that I watched, which I keep saying I'm going to get into, um, it's called Capturing the Killer Croc and it was aired on PBS in 2004 and it follows Patrice Fay, that Mm -hmm. herpetologist I mentioned before um, and a couple other scientists, Mark Gonswana and Dr. Allison J. Leslie in attempting to capture him. Mm -hmm. And it starts which I don't know how, this documentary, I watched it, they put it on YouTube it starts with Patrice Faye finding a body and they show the like torso yeah. that he finds. And then he and this other guy just kind of like bury it under the sand. That's be- so scary. And I was like, why <sighs> would like, why is that allowed to be aired? <laughs> and we're also true just being crime like, is a thing. I guess we're fine with that. I'm. Sh- I wonder if there's been like a copycat killer. A copycat in Burundi that's like murdering people and being like, "Ah, oh, Gustav did it. I had two questions.
0: One is, is Primeval based off of the making of that documentary and they just made it like a horror movie? Yes. Okay. Because no one died on that mission in real life. No one died in that mission. Yeah.
1: But the events of it are
0: very similar. Um, that they like try to get him in a cage and yes. he outsmarts them. Uh, everyone go watch but Primeval. But no one
1: died. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly like, I remember at one point the scientist who we were like, that's the Steve Irwin type. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually supposed to be Patrice Faye. Um, oh, gotcha. But he's he's alive. Oh, good. good, good <laughs> crocodile did not right. kill him. Um,
0: I also wonder, with getting back to the copycat color thing, I feel like it's also hard because it is such a war-torn country and it, um, yes. there's a lot of violence there, that there are probably very many bodies left by just yeah. military coups or whoever is currently... Rebelling at the time, just laughed around, and mm-hmm. then they could pass it off as, oh, it was Gustav.
1: You know? I believe that Gustav is a killer. Now. But it
0: also, I am sure that getting attacked by a crocodile looked very, no matter how hard you try, I feel like it would be really hard to mimic the way a body looks after getting attacked by a crocodile than yeah. it would you as a person.
1: He has a number of bullet wounds along his body. Oh my God. Including scars from being fired at with machine guns. He has to be a mutation. He, I don't know. On multiple occasions, he's had run ins with local soldiers who just started firing at him all at once with AK 47s and he just swam away. Well, at least they didn't come attack him. I feel yeah. like
0: if I saw him run <laughs> away,
1: because you never know,
0: you just turn around and start attacking you. He didn't yeah. give a shit.
1: There's like a local legend in Burundi that if you shoot at Gustav, he'll just eat the bullets. Um, but scientists... Hardcore. Yeah. But scientists insist that the sheer bulk and size of him just make him literally bulletproof, which is scarier. <laughs> that
0: is scarier. I,
1: like, don't want to see a video of him attacking a hippo, yeah. but I kind of do. Well, the thing is, like, hippos are so dangerous. Like, poachers who kill hippos use rocket launchers to do it. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. And this animal is just, like, knowledge bite him. Like, I... I mean, I'm sure he does other things. Apparently, they attack with their tail. Mm, like, yeah. Really, yeah. Um, there's a rumor that he once survived being hit by an RPG, which do you know what that is? I didn't. It's a rocket-propelled grenade. Oh. And it's a, That's what RPG stands yeah, for? Yeah. And it's big. I know. And it sounds, like, unlikely that he would have survived that, but apparently there are dozens of stories where soldiers have made claims where they threw hand grenades at Gustav to scare him away. And all he did was just like, you're like, OK, I'll, I guess I'll leave then. Like,
0: <laughs> well, he can move at 70 miles an hour, Yeah, you know, and get out of there pretty fast. Also,
1: the fact that he <laughs> grew up. He's a crocodile. <laughs> the fact that he spent his whole life in this war-torn country, he's very used to the sound of mm. gunshots and grenades being thrown at him. Where are his so parents? So nothing phases him anymore. Where are
0: his parents?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Where did they go? Is this a situation?
0: Blame. Like, he got left
1: behind? Yeah. Okay, so here's what happened in the documentary that came out in 2004 on PBS, I already said. Um, wow, it's been 15 so years. Up until this point, um, Patrice Fay studied and planned for two years about to, to, to try and catch yeah, yeah, yeah. Gustav. And oh, Patrice yeah. Fay specifically did not want to kill Gustav. He thought mm. it was important to keep him alive, to yeah. study him, and yeah. like, he also thought just killed kill animals. But yeah. also, like, come on, he's killed over 300 people. Yeah, Maybe. That was out the out plot of the water in the movie, too. Yeah. There was, like, an argument. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, the other reasoning for keeping him alive is we literally just don't know how to kill him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bullets aren't working. <laughs> right. You'd have to probably inject him with something. Yeah. So the plan was to capture him alive. Uh, but he and his team were given a two-month window that they could do this. Okay. because Because um, there was about to be a change in government mm-hmm. in Burundi. And so they were just planning for a civil war to happen immediately after. Right. So they're like, you have two months to do this because... The country will go to war again. Essentially, right. um, other dangerous factors. Yes. So they built this giant cage. Right. It was thirty feet long. It weighed in the oh, documentary. Living space. Yeah, in the documentary, <laughs> they just said it weighed a ton, but I couldn't tell based on the guy's voice if it weighed a literal ton or if it was just <laughs> it weighed like, a lot, very heavy. <laughs> 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 Me trying to be Way serious. Wait a um, And the people of the village of Katoomba had to carry it by hand <gasps> because it was so large that you couldn't put it on a vehicle because there's also not a lot of roads around there. Right. And the spot that they chose was not one that you could reach by car. Oh. Um. So they just carried it by hand four miles oh from man. the village. Wait, to the four f- is in the number? Or like four miles? <laughs> One, two, three, four oh. miles. Okay. <laughs> um, they carried it by hand, which I want to know what the plan would have been if they had caught him. Because then they were going to carry the cage back with him in it by hand. Yeah. There's no way that that would have gone yeah. well.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Were they going to airlift him out of there? Like can they I don't know. Can a helicopter do that?
1: But they chose this bot because they literally, like, he disappears for long periods of time. Oh, he's like, like a, the Black Knight satellite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, his metabolism with Nile crocodiles in general is that it's so slow that, like, you they eat don't one hippo, eat lot, you don't yeah. need to feed, like, feed again for months to a year or something. Yeah. I have um, heard that they have slow metabolism. So he hadn't eaten in a while, so they had to find him. So once they found him in this one area in the Delta, they set up a couple snares in specific areas around him so that he would stay in that area Um, and they put strategic bait and they placed this cage on the side of the river with various kinds of bait in it Um, they tried chickens, they tried goats um, Gotta get a hippo. <laughs> That's they a They should have gotten a hippo. That would have no, been That really would have been sad to watch. And, sad, and really I hard. mean, goats, too. I don't want to, like, rank importance yeah. of Also, life, hippos but... are probably more endangered. So there's probably more politics in that. Yeah. You know? In the snares that they placed around, they caught several other smaller crocodiles accidentally. <laughs> they like, you're not Gustav. Get out of here, you short fry. Like... <laughs> not the one we want. Uh, I assume they set him free. Uh, (laughs) And so they had two months and weeks went by. They didn't catch anything. And the last week before they were going to be forced to leave the country, they like amped up their attempts and they placed a live goat in the cage. I guess this was the first time they placed a live animal Mm -hmm. um, in there. And nothing happened until one night. It was really stormy. Mm. Um and it messed with the uh, camera so the camera went down.
0: This happens in the
1: movie. This I know, is pretty accurate I so know, far. I know. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the weather made the camera fail, and uh, they came back in the morning, and the cage was like partially submerged in water. Like Ugh. it had just been like completely knocked over. The goat was gone. Um and. They had no idea what happened.
0: <laughs> I love drama.
1: Um, they think the rising water probably helped the goat escape, but they don't know exactly what happened. Like some people are like, it was Gustav. Somehow he so sneakily like got the goat out and still didn't go in the cage.
0: Yeah, and
1: we'll never know for sure what happened. Wow, uh, that was in 2004. Life's greatest mysteries. Um, that was 15 years ago, but he's still around. I assumed the last sight, the last reported sighting of Gustav was in June 2015. When he was seen dragging an adult bull buffalo along a riverbank, that's so scary. He's so big. He's so big. <laughs> he wouldn't fit see. in here. No, I don't want him in here. <laughs> yeah, I like, do. Are we inviting him to the <laughs> like, tacos. We are. I don't want to see him, but like I'm interested, you know? Yeah. The photos are crazy. I'll put photos on the website. Yeah, the photos are crazy, but like no one can get close enough to him to actually like measure him or weigh him or do anything because no one's lived to tell the tale. It's gotten that close to him. Right. Crocodiles are we underestimate them but they're scary. Like how would they get him? The only thing I can think is like no a helicopter would scare him away I mean, like have a helicopter like drop something on him but he'd, he'd not if a helicopter was nearby he probably wouldn't stick around. Cause he's so sneaky. All right. Is that everything that you have? That's everything I have on Gustav. All right. All right. Nobody go to Burundi, I guess. <laughs> it, you, you probably wouldn't be allowed to. I don't yeah. know if they let people go. Yeah. Like, I think they the, only got permission. What's to... the documentary called? Capturing the Killer Croc? Yeah. Capturing the Killer Croc. It okay. aired on 2004 on PBS. But if you look it up on YouTube, it's there.
0: OK. So you can check that out on YouTube. And if you want to watch the movie that I've been talking about, it's called Prime Evil. Spelled with an A. E-V-A-L. Oh. It's very good. I like it. <laughs> it's more a dramatized people, event of what the what happens in the documentary, and more people, die.
1: people died in the in that movie in the attempt to capture him. But in real life, a lot of people have died, so it's a yeah. serious topic. Yeah, except in the movie, they do she blow some so. facts out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Like they try to be like he's killed thousands. It's like oh, I don't know about thousands, but yeah. and they try to say that he was born in like the twenties. But the well, movie's fun. It's a fun one. They well, I mean, him being born in the twenties at that time because during the capture attempt was when she looked at him through binoculars and went okay he can't be 60 because of his teeth yeah but until then people were like he's so big he's got to be 100 so him being born in the 20s in 2004 that's like not crazy no
0: that's true not and crazy. I guess
1: apparently it's normal for crocodiles to live 100 years and that's insane to me <laughs> animals have such long lifespans
0: like we think we humans are like, we live forever. Tortoises live like 120 years. All righty. All right. My Reddit segment's also about animals, but this is more lighthearted. Oh, good. Um, I'm going to tell you how messenger pigeons work. <gasps> this is a question I'm too afraid to ask. And they were like, how how do messenger pigeons work? How do they know where to go? Well, the type of pigeons used to carry messages are called homing pigeons. Um, these pigeons are excellent at remembering where they live and some people say that they use magnetic waves that they can feel them to understand like that sounds like a bird truther thing to me (laughs) now everything sounds like
1: have sonar
0: yeah but it's like pigeons it's not that they can fly wherever they want they can fly to one location like they memorize home base and will always know how to get there and it only takes them until they're about six weeks old to know how to do this to be like anywhere I am in the world I know how to get home oh I wish. Human children have I that. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Inject them with some pigeon stuff. <laughs> no one, I'll no get lost again. So the way that it works is that you literally put your pigeon in a cage and you take it with you wherever you need to go. Like, And then they would just fly home. So it can only get messages home. So what they would do, these have been used for literally thousands of years. Like Julius Caesar had homing pigeons. And when he went off to war, he would send messages back to Rome with, Homing pigeons, okay, because they knew only how to get home to one location.
1: Julius Caesar, I feel like, has been coming up repeatedly for us, yeah.
0: Um, Him but there are many, soldiers.
1: there are like m-
0: a lot of proof that's been used for a really long time. Like, the Persians would use them, like, it's in mm-hmm. um, the Greeks would use them to broadcast quote unquote news about who won the Olympics during the early days oh. of the Olympics, um, because people would all go to the Olympics wherever it was. Say it was in Athens. And then when someone won, they would release the pigeon and the pigeon would fly back to their hometown. So people would travel with tons of pigeons so that they could send back messages because they only go one way. If they wanted a message back, like, it would have to be a... Pi- they would have to have a pigeon in the other town that belonged to where you were.
1: Oh. That's the only way it works. It's not like they fly back and forth. That's far less conform. convenient than Than it
0: sounds, right? Yeah. Um, they were also very popular during World War One and World War II because people mm. were coming from all different countries to all different places and they wouldn't be attacked. So that's how they would communicate with each other. So that's how homing pigeons work. Interesting. A short topic, but I thought really interesting. Yeah. I, um, I also thought it was really interesting that it only takes like six to eight weeks for a pigeon to learn how to do that. Like always how to find home. Where's the one about? There was one really special pigeon. One uh, special okay. pigeon. <laughs> so in World War One, this is the last thing. In World War One, there was a pigeon named Cher Ami, um, and he was one of the most famous World War One homing pigeons who saved an entire French battalion from German soldiers um, because it, because it shot the German soldiers. Shot out the bird's eye, a chest, and a leg. It's chest (gasps) and leg. And it still flew twenty-five miles to the command post. A committed little guy. I know. Um, to like communicate what the army needed and ended up saving that battalion's lot.
1: Like bulletproof, just like Gustave. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Literally. Um, so Share me, a true hero.
1: love share me share a, it's is like, it like share, share me or it's like
0: a sh- share the singer Ami, as in like
1: friend. oh it's not like jeremy but with a share
0: no no no. <laughs> two words share Ami. share me yeah so thank you for your service share ami. a veteran <laughs> salutes salutes <Yeah. laughs> support our support our heroes um yeah that's everything about pigeons oh, nice. yeah. so some good animal facts yeah about how animals do good in the world. Not the croc- you know, circle of life. <laughs> Food chain, important. Oh my god, they just throw Gustav into the live action Lion King. <laughs> it's not the right part of Africa. Forget
1: Scar. <laughs> it's not the right
0: part of Africa, but it would still be funny. Yeah, I was funny. gonna say,
1: I think that's very different regions, but. Yeah, it would still be funny.
0: Anyway, are you ready to learn about JT Leroy?
1: Oh yeah. Okay, so in the okay.
0: last episode. <laughs> I, Jane asked me about JT Leroy and I edited it out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had so many people text me being like, wait, who did you ask her about? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't feel like, I did, I, A, I didn't feel like going to fix it and B, I also didn't really have time to go fix yeah. it and re-upload the episode. It's JT Leroy. Um, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I kept you all in suspense wanting more. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um. So JT L- Leroy, Jeremiah Terminator Leroy, was a young... <laughs> Jeremiah
1: Terminator <laughs> Leroy. Terminator's in quotations. I knew it was an author name, so I assumed it was like... Just letters we'd never know, but Jeremiah Terminator... Wow. If
0: you're shocked by that, just wait. <laughs> um. Jeremiah Terminator Leroy was a young... <laughs> physically and sexually abused, abandoned boy who grew up in a truck stop parking lots with his sex worker mother. He was abandoned, he became addicted to heroin and was living on the streets in San Francisco while working as a hustler by the age of 13. He is HIV positive and prone to self-harm. In 1997, when he was 17, he published his first piece of writing about dressing up like his mother and seducing one of her boyfriends um, in an anthology. In 2000, at age 19, he published his first novel Sarah, a semi-autobiographical novel about a boy growing up with his mother who is a prostitute working tr- truck stops in virginia a year later he published the heart is deceitful of all things which is a collection of short stories about his t- childhood but jt leroy is a made-up person he does not exist
1: that's what see the thing i knew that jt leroy was a fake pen name so when you started saying all this stuff i was sitting here like wait he Wait. is a persona created by author Laura Albert. He is not
0: just a pseudonym. She made up an entirely new person.
1: Jeremiah Terminator
0: Leroy. Mm-hmm. She made him up. She made him up. So this isn't like a I have a pen name. This is a like I this is a totally different person. She created a whole person that I've never existed. Jeez. Um, this is a movie that just came out. It's called JT Leroy, starring Laura Dern and Kristen Stewart. It got okay reviews.
1: Oh really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I only got a 5 on IMDb, but critics seem to like it. Okay. And apparently Laura Dern and Kristen Stewart are both very good in it.
1: That's what I would assume. Yes. I feel There's, like they're both Yeah.
0: I feel like Kristen Stewart, I judge her a lot based off of Twilight and she doesn't deserve that. So she can't. Act. Yeah. And apparently she wasn't she's given good at a it. lot
1: like yeah. a great script to work with and she was very
0: young and it's not her fault. Robert Pattinson's also a good actor or something. He fault.
1: is. I I think both of them are good.
0: Actors. It's not their fault. It's I judged them too
1: hard, and I'm sorry. So they're and very Laura, good in the yeah. movie. And Laura Dern is just amazing. I love her so much. <laughs> Are you watching <laughs> Big Little Lies?
0: No, I am right, I've watched the first couple of episodes. I love her. No, I've loved her because Jurassic Park was one of my favorite movies growing mm. up, and she's iconic in that movie. I, She's amazing. I love her in the new Star Wars, too. She's so good. Anyway, um... So Laura Albert and her husband Jeffrey um, used to—they had a band. And during the day, they were phone sex workers. Um, oh. But also, Laura would call into suicide hotlines a lot because she's very depressed. Mm. Um, but she would also take this as as a moment to like hone in characters for phone sex workers, and this is how J.T. Leroy was created. Oh. He started as a character that she called. As him to a suicide hotline, and she came up with this whole backstory about how he was abused and abandoned and HIV positive. And the psychologist that she was talking to over the phone as J.T. Leroy, which when she was talking as, as him, she would adopt a young, younger sounding, breathy voice with a southern accent. She was in her thirties. Hmm. Um, the phone, the woman on the hotline suggested, or I actually don't know if it was a woman the psychologist on the hotline said encouraged Leroy to write his story as a way to like self-express and heal Mm. so that gave Laura Albert the idea to write the novel write first that article and then the novel Sarah um, under the name JT Leroy in which it was like published and seen as a semi-autobiographical thing um so laura would communicate with publishers and agents over the phone only using that same voice um refusing to meet in person and communicating everything via email but when sarah was published leroy gained some popularity including amongst celebrities who loved the book and thought it was just a really compelling story and was like i want to meet this person because i've never heard of this because leroy jt leroy when um sarah was published would have only been 20 so they were like wow this is like a amazing story from a 20 year old all these things Um, and this led to Laura Albert convincing her then sister-in-law Savannah Noop um, who who is non-binary they use they them pronouns um, so I will be referring to them with those to disguise themselves in a wig and sunglasses and act as JT Leroy in public so this started in
1: 1999 Mm
0: -hmm. 2000 and continued until 2005 so for six years Savannah Noop was acting as Leroy in public Um, they would wear a blonde wig Black hat and sunglasses when they were outside. And no one ever really questioned this because part of Leroy's narrative was that um, he felt you know, that he might be trans and that he is interested in being one that he does have Mm. femininity and that he is queer. He's HIV positive. So no one was like, okay, like he wears blonde wigs. That's fine. That's just Mm -hmm. a part of it, you know? So that didn't really raise any red flags. During this six years, Leroy cultivated friendships with many celebrities and was celebrated as an influential influential and inspirational public figure. She went on to publish, Laura Albert went on to publish um, the collection of short stories, which really blew up and everyone was like wow look at this amazing story um, and then in one more book in like 2004 mm-hmm. kind of towards the end of everything um, Albert continued the persona over the phone and Noop performed it in real life but in real life Savannah Noop would talk very seldom. Be like oh Leroy's just quiet. It was because they didn't want to give away that it was a yeah. woman pretending to be a man so because Le- JT Leroy was a man Or was a boy. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, And he never, like, said, no, I'm a woman, you know? He's never officially trans. He was like, no, I'm a male. Okay. So that was part of it. Um... JT Leroy became a close personal friend of Winona Ryder, who said, quote, huh? he's one of those guys you could just lay in bed with and watch movies with and cuddle with and feel de- and feel safe doing that. He is so true. Such a poet. Winona! I know. Liv Tyler also had a close <gasps> relationship with JT Leroy. Liv! I know. She said,
1: my secrets I can share with him, which is such a weird way of saying that. So it was Savannah Noop pretending to be JT Leroy, hanging out with celebrities and like comforting them. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Liv Tyler said, My secrets I can share with him. I trust him and feel safe with him. I tell him things I probably don't tell anybody else. Those was in
1: 2003.
0: JT Leroy, Leroy was also interviewed for Vanity Fair. Like, was on the cover of Vanity Fair. Major, major figurehead for celebrities. One article is quoted as saying there are probably more people um, following JT Leroy than following the Church of Scientology. Nice. Which like is nice. <laughs> also problematic because JJ Leroy wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> um Leroy also had a romantic relationship with Asia Argento, who wrote and produced a film adaptation of The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, the short story collection. Um, And there's a lot of drama around this. In 2018, actor Jimmy Bennett, who starred in the film as Leroy when he was only seven in 2004, accused Mm. Argento of assaulting him in 2013 when he was 16 while producing and directing the film. There's also a lot with like Argento also felt personally betrayed when it came out that Leroy was was not. A real person because they were in a romantic relationship. Um, in the movie that just came out, they changed the character of Asia Argento to a woman named Ava, who is played by um, Diane Kruger. And that character, the movie said some like not so great things about Ava, aka Argento. Mm.
1: So that's caused some controversy
0: recently as well. Um, Madonna tried <gasps> to convert J.T. LeRoy to Kabbalah. Bono <gasps> gave him career advice. He was a hit among celebrities who all boasted his talents and celebrated his ability to overcome his terrible childhood. At some point, Laura Albert started appearing in public in a red wig donning a British accent as Leroy's caretaker and spokesperson nicknamed Speedy.
1: So this sounds, part... like, this sounds like the Lola La to whatever her last name, to Hannah Montana. The like oh, My okay. best friend who also wears a wig. Like, yay. <laughs> it's also um, Speedy. Why was she called Speedy? We don't know. Um, it's
0: very, it's like, there's a lot of mystery around why she started doing that. But part of Leroy's narrative was that he eventually did get adopted by like a good home. And that's who Speedy is supposed to be. Like the person that adopted and saved. Because um, she, Laura Albert is much older than Savannah New. She's almost 20 okay. years older. So it was like, this is my caretaker, Speedy. It was very <laughs> Um. That's what the cover of the movie, JT Leroy, Laura Dern's in the red wig and Kristen Stewart's in the, JT Leroy outfit that's what the cover is there are many photos of them together in these outfits Um, one article said quote it is clear that Albert quickly became jealous of the attention received by Noop who was embraced by celebrities while Albert by this point playing for no reason Leroy's friend Speedy with a ludicrous British accent was elbowed out of the way so it's probably jealousy because Albert was the one writing all these Mm -hmm. stories Albert was doing the work as the writer but Noop was getting all the celebrity attention In August 2005, journalist John Nova Lomax published the article Coal Miner, Mother of a Mess in the Houston Press, which cast doubt on the particulars of Leroy's story. Lomax recounted his frustrated attempts to contact Leroy by email, pointed out several discrepancies from his novels and interviews and cast doubt on Leroy's existence at all. That's when it all began. In October 2005, mm-hmm. Stephen Beachy published an article in The New Yorker asserting that Laura Albert was the real JT Leroy, assuming that the public figure was a hired actor. This was the
1: first time that he was like, I have a theory. I think it's Laura
0: Albert. Here's why. Um, Specifically
1: like her? He knew who she was?
0: Yes. And this is why. This is what Beachy had discovered. Um I'll say the next part and then I'll tell you what Beachy had discovered and how on all of the evidence that came to light. Part of which he had discovered, part of which this other guy, Warren St. John, revealed in the New York Times in January 2006. Um, and he said that the person, the person posing as Leroy in a wig and sunglasses for six years was 25-year-old, at that time, Savannah Noop, um jeffrey Noops's sister jeffrey is laura mm-hmm. jeffrey noops is laura albert's husband okay um in a subsequent article saint john published details of an interview with jeffrey noop in which noop confirmed that leroy did not exist and that his sister was leroy's public face noop also admitted to saint john that laura albert had, ri- had written the works published as leroy's so the new york times article is what really revealed okay first we think laura albert's the writer and now we think her sister-in-law so
1: jeffrey just sold them all down the river just- Mm-hmm. It was like I'm not gonna be part of this weird yes, because thing. at this point I believe
0: by this point him and Laura Albert were divorced. Oh. He also was sometimes coming out as a as a fake pseudonym person in Leroy's life to like he
1: was the Mike Stanley of the group. Remember when Oliver joined the Hannah Montana game? Literally, literally, exactly. There are a lot of
0: parallels. Hannah Montana may be based. On this. So these articles included several pieces of evidence that helped people piece together what had been happening first a photograph of Savannah at a 2003 opening for a clothing store in San Francisco was discovered online five close friends of Mr. Leroy's including his literary agent his business manager and the producer of a movie based on one of his books were shown the photograph and identified Miss Noop as the person they've known as JT Leroy and they could do this only from the bottom half of Savannah's face Uh, because most of the time when Savannah was out in public they were wearing sunglasses okay An acquaintance of Laura Alberts um, said she had asked him to type and fax manuscripts that bore striking thematic similarities to work later published by JT Leroy. She had done this writing before and was unsuccessful. Stephen Beachy discovered that the advance for Mr. Leroy's first novel, Sarah, was paid to Laura Albert's sister, Joanna Albert, and that further payments to J.T. Leroy were made to a Nevada corporation. And the president of that company, according to public record, is Carolyn F. Albert, Laura Albert's mother.
1: Oh.
0: After the publication of Stephen Beachy's article, the Times began to examine the circumstances of a travel article written by JT Leroy about a trip to Disneyland Paris. A review of the paperwork accompanying the assignment revealed a discrepancy. The article described four people on the journey. Um, However, expense receipts receipts submitted to travel indicated only an Air France itinerary for three people, um, employees at Disneyland Paris, and at two Paris hotels identified um Ms. Albert from photographs as the person who presented herself as JT Leroy. Um those employees said no one remotely resembling photographs of Leroy or Savannah um were traveling with Ms. Albert. So literally she'd like was like I'm JT Leroy and used that and used her writing to take her husband and her son to Disneyland Paris, which is a oh. like, well, I'll write you an article and like she she was always JT Leroy. Yeah. You know, like it was always her voice, but there was all this stuff. Um, Obviously, the public was outraged (laughs) when all of this came out. Um, Laura Albert was totally vilified. Following the expose, Leroy's agent made this statement, or really was Laura Albert, but the agent didn't even know. Nobody knew. The only people that knew were Laura Albert, Savannah Noop, and Jeffrey Noop. Not even the publishing agents knew. It was like a fake person. The agent said, to present yourself as a person who is dying of AIDS in a culture which has lost so many writers and voices of great meaning, to Mm -hmm. take advantage of that sympathy and empathy is the most unfortunate part of it all.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At the time, there were plans to make a movie based on Sarah. The production company sued Laura Albert for fraud because she signed the contract for the movie using JT Leroy's name. Um, And she was found guilty and charged with $350,000. Stephen Beachy, the writer of the New York Times article, said... I think he said this recently not back then um does it matter if JT Leroy never lived in a squat if he never tricked on Polk Street never was a lot lizard isn't from West Virginia does it matter if he is more or less a 39 year old mother named Laura Albert originally from Brooklyn where's the harm and what he's trying to get at is like a story is a story and the story Mm -hmm. still touched people and it still inspired people like does it really matter that it wasn't true like, yeah. are we only putting value on stories that are true was kind of his thing, but people were so hurt. Yeah. And like the celebrities, like I haven't seen any recent quotes from them about it. They're probably all were like, well, I fell for that. You know, <laughs> that's embarrassing. I want to hear from Winona. Um, about their time as JT. Madonna. Lee- I know, Madonna. Uh, Winona. <laughs> about <laughs> Live.
1: <laughs> Hers is less. To do that.
0: Lady Arwen. I just don't understand how Asia Argento had a romantic. I guess it was very romantic and not necessarily sexual. Um, About their time, as JT Leroy, Savannah Nupas said, I think my experience as Leroy has helped me dismantle the ways we're supposed to be and to keep questioning how something feels, which parts matter to me. I think my gender neutrality was always there and JT helped articulate it for me. So that was a nice thing that came out for Savannah. Um, the movie released earlier this year was produced and written by Savannah Noop and recounts the emotional duress they were under from Laura Albert during this time. Albert and Noop have little contact now. So the movie, there was also a documentary made that Laura Albert produced that really swung are Like, I had to do it this way because the patriarchy was against me type of deal. And then Mm. Noops is like, I was 19 when I got into this and I was manipulated by this woman and my brother to keep doing it. And this is what happened. None of them were ever charged with fraud, like criminal fraud. Just for the okay, just for the finances of it. It's technically not illegal to like. I was gonna a say hat. that's such a specific law. Yeah,
1: <laughs> to it's not like, illegal. This to put one, one on a thing hat. is
0: illegal. It's not illegal to put on a hat and be like, my name is Bob now. You know, like <laughs> it's it's not. Um. <laughs> so that is the story of JT, JT Leroy. Leroy. J T. Leroy, juicy one, right?
1: wow
0: i know that one got me
1: <laughs> i knew like the base of it i knew that laura albert i didn't know any other names i just knew yeah. laura dern's character in the movie was an author who i thought just had a pen name and then people were like and she didn't like go out in public and then when people were like reveal yourself she had kristen stewart's character be like you you say it's you
0: yeah, no, it was much more complex yeah. than that. Yeah, it was crazy. This is considered one of the greatest literary hoaxes of all time. Wow! Which, like, literary hoaxes? I'm into that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> sounds cool. Tell me more. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've dot com. I'll post photos of Mister Leroy and Gustav.
1: And I made, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a children's book
0: it's Mr. not Mr. Leroy and Gustav we write a children's book about these two characters meeting <laughs> if you like what you're hearing you can donate to us on Patreon patreon.com ykwibwpodcast and lastly if you have anything that you've been wondering please email us I've been wondering, podcast at gmail.com and we will reply And it'll be nice.
1: (laughs) And we can communicate like people don't do anymore. (laughs) Anyway. um, Jane, you know what I've been wondering? (laughs) What have you been wondering, Sarah? Okay, so
0: this... The next episode we record will come out on July 3rd. Day before 4th of July. Which Mm -hmm. I love 4th of July. It's a good holiday. Not because I'm necessarily like an America stand. I just like... The barbecues and the fireworks and like the attitude. I think it's fun. I always had a good time at 4th of July when I was little. Like community day. But there's a lot of stuff that happened on 4th of July besides July 4th, 1776. And in July 4th, 1946, the Philippines gained independence from the United States. I know nothing about like any of that. So I would like for you to tell me about the history of the Philippines <laughs>
1: <laughs> that seems like such a large with topic. regards to with regards to like independence from America and like colonization
0: I'm, tell, I'm not asking you to tell me when farms first
1: appeared in the Philippines <laughs> <laughs> and then in the year 1400 they found a mango <laughs> that I mean I do want to know that but
0: you don't have to tell me that in the show anyway I love an opportunity to drag America
1: Okay, okay. Since it's a patriotic-themed <laughs> episode, apparently. Next year's an election year, Sarah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Jane. How did the founding fathers initially intend for elections to work, and how much has that changed, slash how similar to that do we still Oh, okay. Do? Yeah. I don't know. Enough to be like, I think it All works right. the same still. Yeah.
0: I like getting into some political, some, political some history. yeah, some political history. Okay, yeah, I can look into that. Cool. Thank you so much for Great. listening. We'll be back with some patriotic stuff next week.
1: <laughs> All right, thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been
0: Wondering.